What was it? What was your biggest challenge moving to to Korea? What was the biggest challenge? Um, that's a tough one because I had moved so many times, like moving to another country, or like I looked at it as just another city, right? Because I went from like Dominica to Hamilton, Ontario, to Ottawa, back to Toronto, to Korea. So, but it's I like do- it's not really like like there's no. I don't consider it too much of a culture shock moving from between Dominica and North America. I mean, besides the fact that everybody yanks and yeah. then there are trains and everybody drives on the other side of the road right. and the buses are on time and bus drivers don't yell at you. <laughs> besides that. The culture shock. I remember trying to cross the street one time on a green and then a bus was still zooming by. Whew, like you just ran the red light. And, that's, and I learned that was a common thing. Right? Wow, that's just a common thing. So red light means go. <laughs> red light, yeah, red light. If you're crossing, you look both ways anyway, and then you still run just in case a bus is coming. <laughs> so buses have right of way all the time. Oh you know? my god! Buses have right of way all the time on any lane. It doesn't matter, right? That's that's one thing here. Culture shock, man. The food was alright. Um, the people, I think, just like relating with the people, right? But that that was the thing. Like I, the job I went to was very Western. It was a very like they were. I learned a lot about create. I learned about it in increments. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I I got fortunate again. Right. This is an empire. I was fortunate. Um, it was in increments because there were so many foreigners in the company that I had worked for, that all the Koreans were very familiar, and so like a lot of things were adjusted. But if anything was mostly different, it was the language, and it was how closely tied the language was to the culture okay Okay? that's when i really started to realize like wow language and culture are very very closely interlinked right so in korea the language it's like when you speak you're either rude or you're polite oh really there's no no in between like it's very like that's it's very difficult to get the distinction so if you're an your person older than me i need to make sure i speak in that caliber so you know like in spanish and french like this like at least in spanish there's like that higher level of like the formal language and then the casual language yes yes there's just rude and polite there's right it's just rude and polite right so if you're an older person and i speak to you in like the pamal pamal that's like the casual language and i speak to you in the and you're older than me then that's me being rude to you like who am i to speak down on you right and also, really, the man like hierarchy and age are like a big thing that play a role in Korean culture. So, in the workplace, if you are older than me and you are in a higher rank than me on the corporate ladder, mm-hmm. I need to make sure I pay my respects to you all the time. Right? And what does workplace. that entail? Paying pay respects. How do, um, you, how do you pay respects? Because you know, back home is Mister. Mr. This, Miss, Mrs. This, Mr. This, you know, Mrs. in Canada, it's your name. How do you pay respect to an elderly or somebody a superior in Korea? You have to first, like, if you're speaking in Korean, you have to make sure you use that proper language. So, quick lesson. So the, so the polite language. The polite language, right? So to a kid, I would say hello, Anyang, as a kid. To an older person, I say, so it's like much longer and much more detailed. Yeah. So that's just one thing. I won't go into the detail, but you have to use that. 
right? If I'm speaking like directly to a Korean person, so like to my boss or my head teacher, luckily they spoke English, right? Uh, for me to learn that. So I'd just be like, hey, how are you doing? But it would it would come out in the interaction. So if I had like a really cool idea for this program I just became responsible for, but oh, my superior, right? My superior has been there longer. He's older than me. I have a great idea. I cannot take, it was, I got in trouble once for taking initiative and creating something new. It was not implemented. I just had an idea and I wanted to work on it to just present it to my superiors, right? And he got mad, right? I remember he got upset with me at the time because I, he didn't, I didn't get permission to do it, right? It was, so, so I learned that. Vet you be, vet the idea before you put down the proposal to present it. It had to seem like it came from him, that he had a very significant role to play in it. Because at the end of the day, if it was implemented, right, and something went wrong, he was in he was the one responsible, right? He would get the first wave of backlash. So he had to make sure that he could sign off on it. Right. And even if it didn't get the go ahead, it was just like I'm like, well, if it doesn't go, I'll just keep it. But because I was doing something on company time, I thought it's enough. It was on company time, especially, or even part of company time. You know, it was it was weird. It was like I had to get, it felt that I needed permission to work, even on my own time, right? Wow. If, it had, if it had to go into the program at all, it had to have gone. We needed to, like, go for him first. Hmm. You know? Okay. So, I think that was just, like, a different cultural business etiquette. Backtracking a, a little bit, um, traveling. You yeah. are you are known for your your blogs, especially mm. uh, the your on www.danielfidel.com, which mm -hmm. I've gone to a few times. So if you yeah. see any Canadian hits, it's from me. <laughs> um, so um, you are known for you know blogging about your traveling experience. Tell us about some of the places you've actually visited and how how they differ from each other because a lot of times you know people say you north america all of north america is the same you mm -hmm. in south america all of south america is the same mm -hmm. you go to asia is the same you know mm -hmm. except that the people might look different but it's the same um how are the how are your experiences different tell us a little bit about that um so i've been to a few kind of like quite a few countries around Asia, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, like Thailand, my first trip was to the Philippines, right? From Korea, I went to the Philippines and then I went there as a tourist. Straight up, I went to like this tourist island called Boracay and I noticed that their tourism was just dialed in, right? They had everything well planned out from like bus routes to schedules to this and that. And then there was also Thailand, which also had their culture very dialed in. But the, the, the thing was, like, I've been to places also like uh, uh, Malaysia, been to Japan, China. Uh, what was that other place? Indonesia. The, I didn't go in, like, tourist packages. I went as just, like, an individual just going to this country and figuring it out. Okay. Right? I didn't sign up for any bus tours or like group tours or like this. And I signed up for activities like, oh, I want to go scuba diving here. I'm going to book the time to go scuba diving here. Um, they are going to go jet skiing. Oh, yeah, I meet this guy. So the way it was is like 
you could do everything. You could just book your flight, go there and figure it out. You mm-hmm. could just go there. You don't need a hotel booked. Advice, you should have a hotel booked, right? But it's a thing that, like, you can go shopping when you're there. Okay. Right? Like, I could get off the plane, find a taxi, um, get to an area that I wanted to go to. All of the research was done before. And it was just very free for all. No, you, right? you, as you said that, as you said that, as you said, getting the taxi back, um, you mm. are fluent in, in Korean, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what do they call Korean language? Oh, Hangul? Hangul. Hangul. Or just, you can call it Korean. Hangul yeah. is the Korean word for Korean. <laughs> so, so you're fluent in Korean. Now, I'm not fluent. I'm, well, at okay. least you're proficient yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. Going to all these different countries, and as you said, you didn't even book a book into a tour because usually when you book into a tour there might be an english-speaking person on that tour to see mm. uh, well this is where it is even if they might have a little bit of an accent or whatever it is but you cannot understand taxi how was it like getting a taxi and you do not know the, the language people in malaysia speak or people in china you can't speak chinese oh well that's that's just all, that's well i i went that's all preparation. Number one, I'm assuming everyone there speaks English, right? And they, and most, most of the time they do, right? They know a little bit. They know at least a little bit. They're like, take me here, go this left, right. You know, like um, Southeast Asia, especially, they know, they know some English. They know English. Like Philippines, they know English. Thailand, they know English. Okay. Um, but if I went to like China, right, or Japan, I just, wherever I'm going, I have the picture on my phone. Like, take me here. Literally, that would be it. <laughs> right here, you know, like body That's language, body long, body language, and images. You know, so I'm, 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 I'm very good now at talking to people who don't understand what I'm saying. Mm. Right? You don't know the words that are coming out of my mouth, but I can still get the communication across. Like I want to okay. go here. You know, like say if I and then if while I'm there and I jump into a taxi who has no English whatsoever, wherever it is. I would just be like, yo, music, boom, 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 party, party, <laughs> right? And, like, I can say, I'd be like, oh, food, oh, no, 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 like, you just, like, you know, there's universal body language, language, yeah, there's universal body language signals, you know, that everyone just knows, you can figure it out. And you, you definitely know? utilize that, or you made that, you made that your, your next best friend. That's my third language, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, out of all the places you visited, where was your favorite? Your absolute favorite? Croatia. Why? Croatia. Because I had such a good time there. Like, it was, like, there's, I've been to so many good places, but I have, like, some really good memories in Croatia. So that's in Europe, Eastern Europe, and that's where they filmed Game of Thrones. So you right? you're you're a fan of Game of Thrones, I assume. I'm a fan of Game of Thrones. Oh right? my God, you're my best friend. High five, man! You're like massive fan, right? And so that the area Croatia, I was in Dubrovnik, right? Okay. Dubrovnik is King's Landing, right? So mm. imagine that old rustic, um, castle city look, right? You go, all the roofs are like orange red. The streets are all like stone marble, like so. It was very old school. It was that was maybe one of the most different places I'd been to. So Is when it I went, expensive to, there? it's becoming more expensive because a lot more tourists are going there now. A lot more visitors because of Game of Thrones. Because of Game of Thrones, right? Eastern Europe is fairly affordable. It's very, very. It's not as expensive as going to England or Spain. Like it's, it's fairly affordable, right? 
um, when I would go to Indonesia or like Thailand or even like the Philippines, it reminded me a lot of the Caribbean, right? Okay. Same tropical vibe, right? Just the people who might look a little bit different or they look like Caribs and Arawaks too, same way, mm-hmm. right? But like the environment is the same. But when I was in Croatia, that felt different. That was maybe the most different feel. You go to England, all right, this is England. Like I know what England looks like, right? Mm-hmm. I have a strong idea. I go to France, yeah, this is France. I imagine this is what it would be like. It's not as like when I went to Eastern Europe, like Croatia, Dubrovnik, that city particularly was like, it stood out to me the most, mm-hmm. right? Of all the places I'd been to, it stood out to me. It was the most new, right? And then How there was were the still... people like? People were super friendly. Um, I stayed in this hostel, right? It was like, it was a hostel, not like any other. It was like... You said know? hostel, and I swear I heard brothel. I don't know hostel. why. Hostel. I, I don't know why. I know you said... <laughs> yeah. like, look at you. you Nobody's you listening. I mean, <laughs> hostel. <laughs> it was the two are like. I never realized that. I stayed at this hostel... And it was like this um, older couple, a retired couple, they had like a big house. It had maybe three floors and a bunch of bedrooms, right? It was like maybe just like a typical suburban house, right? And they just transformed it into a hostel. So in the downstairs, there's like a giant picnic table, a separate kitchen with like a TV room and stuff like that. There was like all the separate rooms and, you know, it was like a bunch of other people like me who's just passing through, either staying for a couple of days or a week, and they just need a place to crash. So it was also very social. So here I am, I met, I'm meeting these um, other travelers like yourself. Other, tra- other travelers like myself. There's this dude from Chile who rented a motorcycle in Italy and was like driving it all around Europe. Wow. Then he to take a boat to bring it back to Italy. There was this uh, new. This engineer from New Zealand just passing through, this Australian lawyer who lives in England who just takes weekend trips and stuff like that. And like it was just like a really mesh of people, other people on their gap years, other teachers also who just like taking a Euro trip. I was there on a Euro trip, so it was like that's where I really got like a really wide. That was where I met the most different diverse set of people. And like we're all there at a picnic table, we're barbecuing, we're sharing stories, and you know, and that was. That was very fun. You know, we all go into the beach. We're like walking around. Like, where's the beach? Where's the beach? And then we walking around getting lost in Old Town. Old Town is like the filming area. Okay. And we're looking. You remember that scene when they're like, shame, 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 like going down. When she was hill. naked. When she was naked going down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we went and we we spent maybe an hour looking for that exact location to reenact it. Right? <laughs> so like my boy, he like he took his shit off. We had a bell. And then like. <laughs> We got to the top, and it was just like shame, just like yelling it in the street. <laughs> like, so cool. Everyone like cleared the walkway. Everybody mm. cleared the walkway and like started filming and taking oh. pictures. And stuff. It, was, it was a spectacle. It was a spectacle. It sounds like fun. It sounds like fun. Later to find it was illegal. We shouldn't have taken our shirts off. Like you have to keep your clothes on. That's a, one of the laws there. We didn't get charged. Luckily, we later saw the sign. We we're like, whoop! That would have been like a hundred, two hundred euros. Wow. Wow, so so there, yeah, we got away with that. There's strict laws. Some... Yeah, because it's still like a very res- preserved. It's one of the, I think it's a UNESCO site. That city is a UNESCO site. So it's also very traditional. So they still want to preserve the conserve conserve the traditional look of it. They don't want people walking around naked and stuff like that. There, you know, it's still a very. Uh, conservative traditional modest, modest. very modest very modest yeah uh, right, they uh, want to keep it modest 
listening to you, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reliving my earlier years um, uh-huh. when I lived with four flight attendants. Um, mm-hmm. So I used to use their their um, body privileges and uh-huh. go everywhere. For 48 <laughs> hours, you know, like go to Japan and stamp your passport, stay there for like 48 hours, 17 hours and come back. And and like people ask me, where did you go to? I'm like, um, we just walked around because we couldn't go many places because we she had to go to sleep because she had to catch mm-hmm. her next flight. And and it was just very guess- short, short visits. We got stuck in Cancun once during a hurricane. <laughs> you know, so I've had a bit of you know, the traveling experience, which I listening to you, I kind of sort of miss. As a matter of fact, last year, I started saying to my partner, I am moving to Europe. And I started, um, I downloaded Duolingo and I started learning German because okay. I was going to Germany. Or Luxembourg. These were, you know, where, where, um, where they filmed um, King Arthur. Okay. The one I, of, uh, I what's wanted to name? go exactly there. <laughs> The new King Alpha movie. The new King Alpha movie. That's where I wanted to go. Uh, that, that, yeah, because that's that, that looks old, rustic area too, right? No, but but the, the, it's so small and and everybody knows each other. Although I I I was not. You like that type of environment? I wasn't Dominic. crazy about it, but I just like the fact that all of this the walls look so ancient and mm. everything, mm. Every, and it would be so easy for me to get a job there. I was like, mm. would it? Yeah. Yeah, it's super, super easy. Like if you actually search jobs in in Luxembourg, uh, you, you find like they have like a wide selection of of jobs, you know, mm-hmm. available and stuff. So of vacancies of, of all types. So okay. yeah. So you just listening to you, I am kind of sort of jealous, you know. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Don't be jealous. Just do I'm, it. I'm I'm still I'm still learning my German to go to Germany. You learn it faster when you go there. I know, I know somebody can just go and you will just and get it over with. So your favorite part place absolutely was Croatia of all the 20 million countries. <laughs> Not that many countries. Yeah, I like Croatia. That's the one that stood out to me the most, you know, because, yeah, like I went there and it was a good time. I Not that I didn't enjoy anywhere else, but that one stood out to me, I think, the most, right, of like all my trips. That's the one I still like remember the most where you like, want to go to next russia um africa why actually russia? Uh, why russia russia because i've made a lot of connections there and like i've had a lot of students and then like a lot of the the parents and like the the what they call them the chaperones and coordinators and stuff i met through my work like they're all there mm-hmm. and apparently i'm not sure how true it is you need an invitation to go to russia to like have your visa to be there Right, and then you have to keep like you're, uh, not, you're not scared, even with all of what's going on with no Russia and no. Britain, no and US, and you know, Russians left, right, and center from everywhere. Russians, I, I live I live in South Korea next to North mm-hmm. Korea. I went through like <laughs> next I last know. two years when Donald Trump became the president, everyone's like, Daniel, get out, get out, get out. I'm like, why? There's like everyone in America is more scared for me than I was, right? Like, there's no reason, and now look at that now. With all the panic from 2017 alone, all the panic from the news and the media about Kim Jong Un, Donald Trump, two crazy dudes. Rah. Kim Jong Un's chilling out now, like he's in China. He and Trump are going to meet in Europe, and like it's the whole situation is like de-escalated. It's like 
people panic too much. Media, media stirs the pot, stirs the the pot and makes everyone frightened. Yeah, I went to Istanbul in 2016, maybe a month after they had some bombings. And like, really? Yeah. And then when I went, it was like, there was actually a warning. There was like, be wary of visiting these places as they were terrorist attacks. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's all right, man. Like the terrorist <laughs> just happened. That, that won't happen. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. You know, I I, I, I I emailed the Canadian embassy and everything. I told my mother everything. You're like, like yes, in case. It was the cheapest way into Europe from Korea through Istanbul. It was literally the cheapest way. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to make the terrorist win. That's I'm not going to cancel my trip or lose money because that's how they win. Right. Fair. Right when you don't go somewhere because of terror or because you're frightened or something, that's how you make them win. That, that was yeah. my. And you're so right. Like the media, especially like this place, Beirut. This this place, the media has made Beirut, Beirut? look like Beirut. So it's, yes, like it's the one of the worst cities on the planet. But I see people like PDD partying up in Beirut, and I'm like, I want to go to Beirut. Beirut is party central of the Middle East. Like they, had, they had a Red Bull competition there like recently and I was like, it's popping. It's popping. That's why I say do your own travel and don't listen to the media. Right? Don't listen to what people tell you about Africa. That's why I want to go to Africa next. Right? I want to go to Kenya. I want to go to Ethiopia. I want to go to Tanzania. I want to check out South Africa. I want to go to Ghana. Just so you Ghana. know, I fit in suitcases after I lose a few pounds here. Fit in su- <laughs> <laughs> Extra one piece of luggage, check that one in. <laughs> check me, check that, you know check that? me in here, you know, in, in, in the luggage, right? Um, now, we are sometimes scared to come out of our comfort zone. I mean, look at you, you're traveling, you're, you're traveling all over the place, plus mm-hmm. doing something that you absolutely love to do. What sort of advice would you give an individual who is terrified to explore because they're probably scared of, again, a terrorist attack, mm-hmm. or they're probably scared of catching malaria, or they're probably scared of being kidnapped, or, you know, they have all these different fears. What would you say to somebody who is terrified and to get them out to explore? Um, take small steps. Do, do like a smaller trip somewhere, something you're easily familiar with and do it by yourself, right? If, that's, if it's still too much, bring somebody with you and do something that's very different. Like if you are in Canada or maybe go to, I don't know, take a quick trip to something familiar first, right? Do like small trips. Go to another city. Just go to another city, right? If you want to really explore somewhere, just do it. Just take a risk and do it, you know? Like, <laughs> just do it. Honestly, like, that's the only advice I could really think because that's what I did. Like, just do that's it. Another, that's another saying. Yes, Africa is so underrated because of propaganda spread by the media. And it's he's true. also adding that we should so visit the motherland. It's true. Africa. It's true. I, I, you know, there's no real um. Wh- what is it called? Wak- Wakanda. Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda. Wakanda is real. What you talking Wakanda. about? What are you talking about? Wakanda is real. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. No, 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 honestly, yeah. I was telling you, man. Like the the. That's why I want to go to Africa really badly because I there's a few people that I follow, right on on the gram and social media and other like news outlets. 
And I have a lot of my best friends in Toronto. They're all from Africa, right? They're from Ghana, Nigeria. Tomorrow uh, we got I've, an African coming on. I've Ivory Coast. Yeah, man. I hope those dudes, I send them the link. I have like a group chat. All my best friends, like they're mostly from Africa, right? And we always talk about Africa, man, and like issues with Africans in Canada and the U.S. and like rest of the world. And, you know, it's like, it's like common things to talk about, you know? And so I have a lot of friends who like frequent there often. So they, I see what Africa really looks like. I stop, if I see on the new CNN or any, no, I'm swipe that, any news outlet talking about Africa in any sense, they like to show you the warlord stuff, they like to show you the poverty stuff, the amnesty international stuff. You have that everywhere, everywhere. Even in the U.S. of A. All about the U.S., man. All around <laughs> the U.S. A friend of mine said he went to Hollywood to like the the star the the star boardwalk, mm-hmm. the boardwalk for all the stars. And he said there were so many homeless people. There's so much poverty in that area, right? It's all it's all over the place. It's, it's all, all over, over the place. The and I I think they're just trying to make you. The media sometimes makes you want to see what they want you to see. Course. And not really what is there, you know? And I guess it's what you call um, the best news is bad news, right? <laughs> so, best news is bad they, news. Yeah, they, bad, bad news spreads faster than the good news, right? It doesn't exactly, get as many exactly. clicks. But then, you know, agendas. It's like whoever's behind doors, I guess. Like, like my perception has recently been that while in the West, they generally want you to see Africa as a charity case. But mm-hmm. China has seen it differently. China, silent owners of the world, by the way. China is looking at Africa's investment opportunity right now, right? Under, it is the motherland. It's the motherland. There's so many resources, so much stuff going on over there right now. Ghana, Ghana's economy is popping up right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just like also on top of, if you just want a place to visit and see, like with all the talk now about like black, power and privilege and like slavery this and that. Like, no, I think people have a lot more uh, access to go and visit. Right? Yeah, yeah. You have access to find out where but your that, roots but are. But Daniel, I love the way that Africa sort of let people know that, hey, we're there and we started this bitch. And, we're and they've been to- saying that. They've been no, saying that. You know that. how they started it? Through their clothes. They started like Putting out those yeah. outfits and and everybody was wearing the like African wear and thing, uh-huh. and then everybody started doing them African dances. You can't, and you now you can't test Africans in the dance. Dude, I, want see, I want to see I want to see someone from like Ghana go up with someone from Jamaica in like a dance off. I want to see that happen. I want to see. If you have a link to that, somebody send me. I want send to it see to you. you. Send it to me, please. Pop it in the link below. Um. No man, like plus the music. That's why I said the music is pop. I was playing soccer for my friend Nana, right? Mm-hmm. He's from Ghana, and I was playing Kes. Hello, hello, hello. And then he was like, "Yo, this is from the Caribbean." I'm like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "Man, this is just like Africa." I'm just like, "Yeah, we we're the same people, man. Like it's the same vibe. It's the same vibe." I'm DJing at a couple events this month and next month, like April and May, and like all of my root the track lists, playlists and stuff, like everything in the bank is like Afro pop, soca, reggae, like all of it just meshes together as the same. And like, you just, like, you get a bigger audience, you know, it just, it just shows how close, closely related the Caribbean is. And like black, Amer- uh, black America as a whole, uh, Canada and US is to Africa, but 
You know, you know, ancestry. You you would have seen Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther himself, T'Challa. He was talking yeah. and he actually let people know on a wide scale that there's that ancestry you can find at your heritage, like what's your background? You're like a lot of people are black in them. A lot of people are black, but there's apparently there is another one you can do African ancestry. Mm-hmm. So if you are, you know you're from Africa, you know that you're a black person, you know you're from Africa. You can find out where exactly you can pinpoint the tribe. Mm-hmm. So yes, if you yes, want, yes, there's one. Um, it's called I know what it. Um, not what, African ancestry. DNA, or something, DNA like something. DNA something. There's ways to find I, that out. Because I was actually because you see you you like books. I like YouTube. So uh, I go. I I'm go, all over YouTube like, too. You know, all on over. and on and on and on. Like I, from one YouTube page to the next, and I see something yeah. and I connect and I go. And I was actually looking at this video from this this um actually she's from Toronto. Uh-huh. African girl who had more white in her than her partner who is white. And I was like, <laughs> like, if you saw her, you know, she could not believe that, you know, she had so much of a, 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 a big percentage of her. Very European. And white, very Asian, European, very you know, all over different, different parts and stuff. So, so if you want to know, you know, if you have a little bit of African, you could probably check, check them out. 